Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? Welcome once again to the Relic Grind. Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as always. We've got 14 news, we've got 16 news, we've got 7 news, we've got 11 news. We we had 8 news, but that was pre-show. It's available on iOS or Android now for like 17 bucks. You know, go ahead and get Yay. it. Yeah, appreciate you being here. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or checking it out on the website, readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O. Uh, click those socials in the upper right-hand corner. Come on over. Give us a follow. We surpassed uh, 100 YouTube subscribers this week. We surpassed 350 Twitch followers this week. Twitter will probably hit 100 uh, within the next day or so here. Pretty damn close. That's all due to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep spreading the word. Keep showing up, hanging out for the streamers and the show. Some of those streamers and show uh, people on the shows are with me right now, including Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkov. How are you? Greetings program. And you missed another milestone. You have 69 subscribers on your OnlyFans. So that's that's going well. Good job. That is none of your business, sir. <laughs> don't don't you worry about my subscribers there. It's not the quantity of subscribers, it's the quality, it's quality. of the subscribers. All about, all about quality. <laughs> yes, your quality. Also on the line, rolling his eyes because the OnlyFans won't die. Adam Lane, a.k.a. Kronos. What's up, sir? Can we go back to talking about Avengers instead of OnlyFans? Oh, yeah, sure. I forgot that in the yeah. intro. We're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, too. Uh, our favorite Sidetrack right off the beginning of the show. Have you been, like, reading people's reviews of the Hawkeye stuff in Avengers? I haven't, no. Yeah, no. basically all the reviews are coming down to the same couple of points. Hawkeye feels way too much like Black Widow. <laughs> I'm stunned. Um... If you know anything about those characters, you probably aren't surprised. Uh, the content is... <laughs> one outlet said they beat the the stuff in an hour and a half as far as like the story content that was put in with the patch. Another outlet said theirs was two hours. Another one said less than four. Um, feedback on the grinding from 25 on up, They a lot of feedback has been mixed on that. Some people said it's horrible now. Some people said they haven't even really noticed so maybe they rolled that decision back a little bit i i we don't have official word on that but yeah the reviews are not glowing not glowing still only two you know bad guys in their taskmaster and abomination you do get maestro as part of the story but as far as like the repeatable boss fight you know villain sectors nope still just those two so is not going well we're going to talk about it a little bit later not in the context of the patch, uh, but in the context of some video content they're releasing, which just seems ill-timed for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Prismine, they did get a roadmap um, that is horribly roadmap. not specific, about. but we talked about that uh, uh, last week, I think. The roadmap that had lovely pictures. Uh, but let's start with Final Fantasy XIV, uh, and then we'll get to the Avengers. Kronos, uh, today, the 5.5 special website 
did get a little updates today. It's not just copy-pasted text like we reviewed on last week's show. It still mostly is, <laughs> but they did put in uh, a few screenshots and three, you know, how they do the normal blocks of different content pieces. They put in three of them. One for Death Unto Dawn Part 1. That's the main scenario. Uh, Pagalthon, the dungeon, and then uh, Sorrow Continuations for the Chronicles of a New Era. Uh, adamantine armor and a beating blood red core. Diamond weapon. Mwahaha. Picture looks cool. Picture yeah. looks cool. Uh, not a lot on there, but did you see anything that sparks your fancy, Adam? Uh, I mean, the, the dungeon gear looks okay, I guess. Dungeon gear. Uh, Estinian, the, the picture of Estinian, that's new, I think. I don't think that was in the live letter at all. Uh, but this is kind of what I would expect the site to look like when it first rolls out, not just a wall of text. So it's just more <laughs> like the norm. Yeah. Most of it is still the little text, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Pretty still much, there. Yeah. Like we, when we did the uh, 541 uh, Tarkov, it was, we actually pulled the site up. And we will, when it's a full site, we'll do a, like, a scroll from top to bottom on it. There's just really no point in doing it right now. But the day 5.4's site went live, it had all of the panes on it. And then what they did was they added screenshots in the ensuing weeks. Like they would add more Blue Mage details and a few screenshots. And uh, this one, I think I, I agree. I like with how they've been done in the past, not the way that 5.5 is going here. They're, they're trickling. They're get, giving us little bits here and there so they can increase their views. You know, come to the website, check out our views. <sighs> But anything that gives me a little bit of a taste of Asinian, I'm I'm all for. I was like, yeah. That is okay. the weirdest sentence I think you've ever said on the show. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. I've said a lot of weird things. Yeah. I, well, that's true. That is true. You have. You have. <laughs> well, we're going to be getting more information uh, pretty soon here, a week and a day from today. Wow, we got a busy week next week, actually. Next Thursday, mm -hmm. we've got the Outriders launch. Uh, and then Friday morning, we <laughs> We have the live letter. Uh, so, yeah, all-nighter for you Outriders fans that are also Final Fantasy XIV fans to uh, play some Outriders and just run right into the Final Fantasy XIV live letter. Uh, now, since we got the bulk of the 5-5 information already, like what's going to be there, what are you really looking for out of this live letter, Kronos? Because they're not they're not going to go into Endwalker stuff, not, right. not with the May presentation that they have coming up. They've already spilled the beans on, let's say, 90% of the 5.5 content. Is this just going to be supplemental, additional screenshots, uh, more of a casual live letter, or do you expect some surprise thrown in here? Uh, I mean, we're going to get the trailer, right? That's that's pretty much guaranteed. We'll get that. That'll, they'll probably open with that. Uh, they'll probably show more from like what we're seeing in this page. Like he, he might like actually go in the dungeon, show like a screenshot of a boss. Because I think there's one screenshot of the boss on the site now. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah. He'll do his troll pull of diamond weapon, I'm sure. Um, and then like not show the rest of the fight and die or run off the edge or whatever he does. Um, I think you might see the new Bosja area. I know that's probably not going to come until the half patch, but he, they might start like kind of trickling in that information a little bit. At least the stuff that's not related to the main scenario. So I kind of hope they do that. I'd like to see like what they're going to do going forward since we know we're going to get at least one more area. And I'm hoping maybe we get like another kind of 48-man instance. And then just says, somewhere. they're going to show the last 10%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But my, my question is, Chris, sometimes we do see 
a a curveball thrown at the live letters. Not always, but sometimes. Sure. Uh, I just don't feel like there's a curveball here. This is this is winding down time before the spin up, the calm before the storm yeah. uh, of an expansion pack. Uh, yes, there is content to show off. No, it's not terribly, you know, super exciting and and earth shattering content. Uh, so let's just kind of get through this live letter and we'll see you in May. It's kind of the, 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 the vibe I almost get off of it. I mean, what could they possibly curveball us with? A new limited job at this point, but that's a little too late. So you got to uh, kind of yeah. get that out there beforehand. So yeah. um, I'm just only, I'm just hoping for info on Zadnor because I want to see uh, what's next for that type of content. I don't think you're going to see anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm hoping well, something. They have to show the near raid too, right? They haven't shown that at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, they gotta show that and I'll get that done once and be done. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's some excitement there. I mean, yeah. he is super pumped about it. He's super I'm sure the pumped. Fights will, I'm sure the fights will be fun, but I have, I have no hopes for the story at this point. Yeah. Oh, you guys are mean. I mean, I'm going to do it a lot because I need to unweather my gear. Yeah, you want the so. gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we will definitely, uh, unfortunately, you know, we'll be doing the show Thursday. That'll go Friday. So it'll be about five days after. But I actually kind of like that because there's usually about 48 hours before some additional interviews pop up after a live letter. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll be able to cover it all in one shot rather than having to circle back and cover the live letter a second time. So, But we definitely will be covering that. Not next week, because it airs next Friday, but the following week and any subsequent interviews that Yoshi P or the team does. Speaking of interviews, we spoke briefly, gentlemen, last week about an interview with um, PlayStation Magazine that uh, Yoshi P had done. And at that time, you, we, you had to have a, you know, a physical copy of the magazine to read it. It wasn't posted and available online yet. Uh, so we were going by some translations of one or two answers that had been thrown on a Reddit post uh, somewhere. And so we talked about, you know, Yoshi P having an affinity for Final Fantasy on consoles and why that, you know, means quite a bit to him because to him, Final Fantasy is a console game. Uh, but now we have the actual whole interview. And there's there's a lot more here than just that. Uh, while it does focus mainly on consoles it is playstation magazine after all uh, and not on some other 14 aspects there were a lot of uh interesting little tidbits in here and i want to get your takes on them and and give you mine as we go Uh, the first one was you know is this a good time why is this a good time to to end the Heidelin Zodiac storyline. And he's been asked this question in multiple interviews and he keeps giving the same answer. So uh, at least he's consistent there. Of course, they reference his joking of, you know, oh, we're going to go on the moon maybe in, you know, 7.0 or 8.0 or 6.0. And now here we go. But he actually likened it, uh, Adam, to a TV show that kind of doesn't know when to end itself uh, and just keeps drawing it out. I don't know if the analogy holds entirely accurately for me here. I can see the point that he was making, uh, but I think there is definitely a big difference in an MMO and a TV show in the respect of 
Yeah, you really don't want the stories to end your, you, you take them in new directions, where this is kind of unusual for an MMO, where an expansion ends the entire story, and presumably 6-1 will start a new story that doesn't have this focus. You don't see MMOs do that a lot, so I think it's a little different than a TV show, but I can understand his point about overstaying the welcome on a particular storyline. Yeah, I mean, to, the, to that thing, though, I don't... I mean, we're going to end that era, right? But we're still going to have the characters, right? Like, I, I don't... Not every Scion's going to die or leave. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really play a lot of Warcraft, but don't they kind of go from, like, kind of storyline to storyline a little bit better, I guess? I mean, yeah, you have, like... I'm aware of, like, the characters like Jaina and all that stuff, but I feel like they kind of tie up their storylines and then have, like, some ones that kind of linger on. So I'm sure we're still going to have stuff that lingers a little bit. But I think it... Uh, I'm good with. I, I need to be done with Asians. Like, I need to go past <laughs> Asians. Like, they. It just seems like every time they're just involved in everything, and so I'm kind of going to be glad to wrap that piece up and kind of be done with Zodiac and Heidelin and the Asians, and then move and Xenos too, to be honest, and and just move forward past that with the characters in the world that we still have. Like, it's not like that's going to go anywhere. Right. I I kind of agree on that on that aspect, Kronos and Tark. I wonder if you do too. Where. I've started to feel like the Asians were kind of a kind of a story crutch. Like if we can't sure. figure out where to take a particular angle of the story, well, let's just we we could throw an Asian in there who has warped time or has done these absurd things just to kind of, you know, put a little drywall on maybe some things that could be perceived as plot holes. So I I'm with you Kronos in maybe it's time for them to go. Let's wrap that storyline up. Are you on the the same page, Tark, or are you all Asians all the time? No, no. I'm I'm to use uh, Yoshi's uh, analogy. I, I likened every expansion to its own season, um, and I think it's time for the show to end, and now to do like a spinoff. So we we can uh, immerse ourselves still in this world, but we have uh, a new story to go through. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kronos. I'm, I'm done with the Asians. Here's the problem, uh, though, and why I don't like got- the analogy, because you gave a key word there. <laughs> you said spinoff. And if yeah. you're going to continue his analogy, that is the right way to think about it. The same types of characters, some of some overlap with characters, some new environments, but it is a spinoff. I don't know about you, but there are very, very few spinoffs that are anywhere near as good as the original show. And I worry that when you make put such a put such an emphasis on the finality of the story, mm-hmm. can the next story be set up to succeed as well? Because right off the bat, it gets compared to what was a fantastic story sequence through three expansions, Adam. Yeah, but I guess, like, so I see it more of, like, we had a really long first season, and this is just season two <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we're just kind of putting that, that storyline behind us. But if you look back, not not to Shadowbringers, but if you go back to Heavensward, which a lot of people consider, like, the second best expansion, I mean, yeah, like, Asians are there, but that's not what made the story good, I feel like. True. So like like they can easily just do stuff like that, and then you just delete the Asian part, and you have all the other parts with like, and you create those new characters. I I do agree they have a lot to live up to. It's gonna be really like because I I think I mean I'm hoping Inwalker is gonna be great and it's gonna end the story, but 
I, now that like, and, and then we're, the thing is, we're not even going to get like a full expansion to start the new story. The new story starts in the point one patch. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's, it, I think it's a pretty large task for them to do it. It's very, it's a very it. risky one too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and, very and to risky keep the momentum going too. Right. Cause I mean, I'm sure after everybody beats in Walker, they're going to be super hype. I would imagine. And, well, and Yoshi, P, Yoshi P said exactly that uh, and, and elaborated a little bit because, you know, nobody, nobody was like, hey, all right, let's wrap this story. Nobody that I am aware of playing since version one's launch has been like, all right, could we wrap these ASEAN things up and get the Zodiac and stuff out of here? Like nobody was like clamoring for this to end. And then all of a sudden it's going to end. And when, when asked Yoshi P, you know, why? Why end it in six zero rather than seven zero or eight zero, as you joked about at a at a previous fan festival? Um, he said that was actually due to the impact of Shadowbringers. So of course, all the fans really enjoyed Shadowbringers five so much. Seeing their response, we wanted to keep the momentum going. So I actually decided that it would be better that we actually round off the Heidelin Zodiac story in six zero because we can keep that momentum and we can have the players even more excited. But still, in terms of the volume, there was enough volume to actually incorporate that into 6.0. So that was really the direction we went in, which I think saying that brings up maybe a potential another pitfall, Tark, in that if there was enough to go through a six dot series in your mind when you mapped out where we want to take the story next, and you've made this commitment to killing it at the end of 6.0, does it feel as satisfying a conclusion as maybe you envisioned it being if all these smaller storylines were able to play out over a dot one, a dot two, a dot three, a dot four, dot five? Again, let's let's use Yoshi's analogy, man. Let's let's not have a Game of Thrones situation. Because if it ends if, like Lost, we're going to burn season, the game down. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> If the last season of Game of Thrones was extended out a couple more episodes, flesh some things out instead of condensing it and kind of dragging, ramming it down our throats, people are going to be pissed. Um, but I have faith in Yoshi. I, he's been a great steward for so many years, so I'm, I'm going to trust him. I don't know, Kronos. There's, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely excited for it. I just think it's there's a there's risks all over the way they're doing this. Uh, that's not to say that they won't, you know, there weren't risks in the way they were doing 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0 and and mm -hmm. on and on. But I think there's some unusual risks because of how... I, I almost wish they wouldn't have said, we're finishing the story with 6.0 and just had it finish in 6.0 because I think that's become such a focal point now that that could be to the detriment of the team. If we know that's the end and that's it, the Heidelon Zodiac storyline is over and we're going to go in a new direction from here, you're either satisfied with the way it ended or you're not at that point, rather than constantly wondering, are we ever going to go back to these things? Are we ever going to see these characters again? And maybe leaving a little bit of a, always leave them wanting more, uh, even if you don't intend to deliver it. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean... I like there's definitely like it's different right the, the, I think the real thing is like uh, Square has always done since 2.0 right since ARR they've always done it very specific they, they do the same thing like every time and this is the first time it feels like they're really changing something major 
and the way their patches work. I mean, not to the same. Which like, is something all three of us have asked for on this show, so right. we have no right yeah. to complain, right? right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Change yeah. the formula. It's too, too basic. One of the things I think was the smartest things a MMO developer has ever said happens in this interview. Uh, PlayStation Magazine asked Yoshi P, are you hoping that with the Heidelin Zodiac arc concluding, it'll provide an opportunity for new players to jump in? And I can see their thought process behind this question. If you want to jump in now, you need to play through A Realm Reborn and Heaven's Word and you know, Stormblood and Shadowbringers to get the complete story. Does killing the story in 6.0 give you a nice, hey, new players jump in now? point uh, so i can see the reason for the question and i could almost when i read the question i almost went i wonder if that's why they're doing it i wonder if that is a huge deciding factor in why they're going to kill this in 6-0 in response to what new players have to go through to essentially catch up with their friends uh, and i was delighted to not only hear that the answer is no but very intelligently, no. So I'm going to read, unfortunately for you guys, I'm going to read a little more than, than I normally do on this. Yoshi P says, Actually, that's something that's been asked by quite a lot of media outlets, but I don't personally think that with ending the Heidelin Zodiac story, our goal in mind is getting new players in. That's actually not an aim here. So again, you could actually think of it as a TV drama. Of course, as the TV drama gets more seasons in there, you're still going to have the same cast. So I think that people, if anything, I want people to see it from the start. Basically, they can actually have a look at this, maybe 6.0, and they can think about it. Oh, wow, Final Fantasy XIV, such an amazing game. I really want to experience this, and it would be great to experience that from the start. Of course, it really wouldn't make much sense if they just enter halfway through. And you've got all these characters who they don't really know. So if anything, it would be great that they actually see the appeal Final Fantasy XIV. And I think that it's appealing to new players in the respect that they would think, oh yeah, I really want to get stuck in and get started from the beginning. And he's comparing it to the way you would binge watch a show, Tark, that I told you to watch, even though it's five seasons in. Um, that is not only intelligent, uh, an intelligent response, but also shows uh, an utter commitment to we're not a marketing machine. <laughs> we want the game to sell itself. And yeah, some people might not like that you have four expansions to go through before you want to play with your friends, but we're hoping that we've created such a compelling product, a compelling TV show, right? That you're going to want to watch those first four seasons. Or you're going to pay us to do a skip. And then if you want to <laughs> go back, you can go to New Game Plus. <laughs> Either way, win-win for Square. <laughs> I thought it was a good answer, Adam. I don't think I, it's a I, great I, answer. Yeah. And and I'm, I don't know about like how you guys are, but when I play something like that, I want to start from the beginning and play the whole way through because I like to know everything along the way. Yep. And so, like, uh, I think uh, about a month or two ago, I recently tried World of Warcraft, like, the free trial. And it just, like, throws you in the expansion. And I was just like, how do we get here? 
what happened. Like I just like, but well, see, I, you, I, you made the point earlier that doesn't World of Warcraft do the same type of thing where they're telling right. different stories? But yes, but they have always done each expansion mm-hmm. is its own story. Right. So you're kind of like there. Like once that expansion launches, you're right. in that expansion, right? Right. And it's I mean, not you, like a Realm Reborn leads to the Heavensward main quest, leads to the Stormblood main quest. It's yeah, it doesn't yeah, operate yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. And there's advantages to that too. But uh, I think the thing is, is like 14's always been that story-driven MMO. Yep. And I, and I think if you let someone just start in season two, for lack of a better term, like you're, it's not really how it works in this game. I mean, I know some people hate it, but if you do, like Tark said, just buy the skip. Like if that's really what you want, if your goal is just like I want to get to hardcore content and beat down some bosses, uh, use use the wallet skip. <laughs> that would be my the advice. Wallet skip. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, we did on last week's show mention, you know, the console development and him, Yoshi P, feeling like Final Fantasy belongs on consoles. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, uh, this is maybe, Tark, for, for you, where they did think about marketing a little more than, than we you would maybe give them uh, credit for off the top of your head. They said, hey, you know, the, the PS5 beta is coming pretty quickly. Like, why, why so fast? Like, we did not see PS4 roll up, spin up this fast. Like, it did. It wasn't, you know, years. But we are, for all intents and purposes, four and a half months away from when the console actually launched. And you're getting ready to have your beta in, in just a few weeks here. Uh, and they said, what's wh- why was it so important to get it as ready, as fast as possible? And the answer is kind of ingenious. It's like, because there's basically fuck all else out there for consoles when they first launch so why not be a super awesome populated in-depth game with 4k graphics for somebody to jump into when they bought that new console and they don't have shit else to play right now i kind of went yep that's uh that's ingenious (laughs) uh yeah you nailed it there's there's not much else out there i mean i just bought uh, the Neo Rio Master Editions, but I mean, I've only bought four games. So, um, for someone that's not that's got a console and is looking for something to play on it, hey, hey, jump on in. It's fun. The water's great. It's kind of yeah. I mean, I I can't argue with it, Adam. I just that's yeah, clever, clever. Yeah, no. But is it going to be at the expense of quality? A concern. But maybe not as much a concern because Yoshi P did go into some advanced details about maybe why PS4 took a little longer because the architecture difference between yeah. the three and the four was quite a dramatic change. Four was very uh, almost computer architecture, where three was its own beast entirely. Yeah. And five has followed in the vein of four, which makes it, uh, to, according to Yoshi P, a lot easier to pop from one console to the next going from four to five so I, I don't anticipate that we would have too many quality differences or issues during beta i doubt it they're usually pretty good about that stuff too i mean we've had not that we haven't had our issues right i mean Ralbon mm-hmm. extreme was a thing but um i think the beta is also the re- like you know they're having a beta for a reason and i mean they'll probably have a few issues here or there but i can't imagine it's gonna like you said the hardware is kind of similar like the upgrade from four to five, like you said, isn't as massive as three to four. So it's going to look pretty, though. Hell yeah. At some point, at some great. point, he does joke that it maybe we'll call Final Fantasy 14 Final Fantasy 20 
Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, if we get 16, 17, 18, and 14 still a thing, it just seems weird calling it Final Fantasy 14. So let's make it Final Fantasy 20 uh, at that point. All in all, uh, a very, very good interview. They do try to get him to say something about Final Fantasy 16, um, but really, he's they talk about his the trust he's built with players. And if if there's a single developer, producer, director that has earned the trust of his the community behind them, uh, it is absolutely Yoshi P. Uh, and Damn if you be. think for a minute he takes that for granted, you need to read the the answer uh, to this interview because he knows exactly how hard that is to get and how very very easy it would be to lose it tark oh yeah i mean whenever they make a promise or, or put something in a feature that they plan to have um, let's take ultimate for example when they didn't mean it he felt absolutely horrid um it, he cares about his community and about his games. Um, so the fact that we have him is, is a godsend and this game wouldn't exist without him. So again, I trust him. So I'm going to, and he's willing to, up. he's willing to make it a lifelong project. Yep. As long as square his wants him to work. do it and the fans want him to do it. He, he's willing to go down with, this is his opus. Uh, this is his opus. That's a far cry opus. from, five, six months ago when people were wondering, I wonder if this will be his last expansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was also another interview. Now, this one actually comes from na.finalfantasy.com. They, they kind of put up topics. We're not going to go through this whole thing. It was on localization, and they had number a number of representatives who do the English translation, the French translation, the German translation, uh, uh, things like that. I just thought it was neat that when they asked them do you have like a favorite character? One person seemed to come up no matter what language you were in, Kronos. It looked, it felt like maybe Emmett Selk wasn't just a fan favorite. I mean, a lot of people now, like even if you talk to like classic Final Fantasy players that have been playing since, you know, forever, uh, people consider him like the best villain of like every game. That's a lot. That's pretty big. Yep. You know, like I mean, that, that's, that says a lot. Um, so it's, it doesn't surprise me that like you know the people that actually work on the game also feel that way too. He's a great character. I mean, I, I think he's up there too. Like he's got to be like he was in, very in the, well written, in the top echelon, yeah. And that's that's across every Final Fantasy game like ever written, yeah. Too. So it doesn't shock me. They do talk about here too the uh, the idea of always having to research when they're doing localization for character dialogue Tarkov so that they can. How does Alpha know? How has he talked in the past? You know, how has he sure, said yeah. certain things in the past? And apparently they have like a huge database that they can go by character and, and pull up uh, their information and listen to the audio files and how was that said and where was the intonation? So it's not just, you know, people that can speak Japanese and English doing some translate. And we all know it's a little more than that to begin with, but maybe not as it's more than we actually even thought knowing that it was more uh, than that. Um, also, there's this was kind of interesting too. I thought that there are some words uh, that they use that they might get the English version first uh, because they want to make sure, like this made-up word, 
sounds interesting and isn't just a jumble of consonants in English. Uh, and then when they have this fake word and they say, that sounds cool, let's use that, they try their best to translate it back into into Japanese. <laughs> and uh, the way Kate, uh, who does the English lore, uh, says, she says, so there are cases when the Japanese side is like, cool English, be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> so, uh, and she said that they do that with some Japanese terms as well. So if you like some of the behind the scenes stuff, this was a really, really, really interesting interview about how language factors into just uh, plain localization. Tark is fascinated. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> was there a question? Yes, I thought the whole article was uh, awesome. Uh, to bring your point about having a database, uh, needing to reference those characters, uh, we've been invested in these for, what, close to a decade in most of these characters? So when something little can change how someone talks or how they behave, which is not normal, I mean, just look at the change from Realm Reborn to Heaven's Word, and we had some... Uh, voice actors change over like everyone was like wait whoa that doesn't sound right so yeah they they need to keep these characters uh consistent so that it doesn't take us out of our immersion and it's also yoshi p's focus uh in here too that he doesn't want things lost in translation adam if if he thinks something's going to happen and it's going to be very cool for the japanese audience he wants the language if even if it has to be modified to great extremes to produce that same effect in English and not have any loss in it. So uh, this is extended even down to patch names, right? Where you compare the patch name in English to the German translated and the patch names aren't quite right or aren't quite the exact same because they're going more for the effect in both language than having the languages uniform. Yeah, I mean, they're really good about that stuff. And, and to that point, too, like a lot of fans will look into those subtle differences and try to draw conclusions based on like how <laughs> they're different. I mean, I know I do that. So, um, well, I believe careful. we have a show that does that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty they're pretty careful about about that stuff, too. But they're, they're really they do a really good job. Like the only ones I could think of, like what Tark said, we brought up from AR to Heavens Word. I think I remember like, Sid and Batteron's voices were pretty weird. Like Alpha during notes. that. Alphonos yeah. bothered yeah. me for, for a little bit. Yeah, his yeah we had the whole think, changeover. Uh, yeah, I think his change for the better. I think his change for the better, though. Maybe it took yeah. a little time to get used to, but but yeah, they do a great job of this stuff, and they obviously put a lot of time into it, and it matters a lot. Like even with Seven Remake, uh, there was a lot of stuff yeah. work that went into like translations and stuff too. Remember the old days of uh, old Final Fantasies and translations? Are like what? Wait, what? <laughs> So they've come a long way. They, and they have come a long job. way. They have come a you know, long way. Indeed. But, but then we wouldn't have like Spoonie Bard. I know, That's right? True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave the world of Final Fantasy 14. Remember, live letter next Friday. Uh, and next Thursday, we have the Outriders launch. We'll get to that in a second in our other Square Enix news. Because I had to bump it up to the top. Gentlemen... The PlayStation Store might be letting everybody know, or at least hinting them, that Final Fantasy 16 is a lot closer than you think. 
And we've already speculated exactly that on this show, that it's probably sooner than you think. But what the PlayStation Store is doing on the PS5, apparently they ended up changing the release date from TBC, to be confirmed, to coming soon. Sweet. No date. Don't know if soon is next month or if soon is a year from now. A year. And here's the weird thing, though. The PlayStation Store itself, if you go to the website, it still says TBC. Apparently, that has to be manually updated. It doesn't just get fed <laughs> from the actual PlayStation Store page being updated. But yeah, the PlayStation Store page says, coming soon. You read anything into it, Kronos, or is this more just changing of the language a little bit and nothing more? I think it might allude to some kind of an announcement soon. That might be a thing. Like we might get the a rough date soon, but I I think a lot of it. Like I think me and you were thinking like hot like holiday, even in like beginning of next year, something like that. I think yeah. that's what we at the saying. earliest. Yeah, if we had to go uh, with the I'm, earliest possible. Yeah, I'm still pretty firm that that's the earliest we're gonna get it. But I think this might allude to like maybe some kind of square thing where they're gonna announce the release date of it, maybe like in a month or so or something. Maybe as we, we get that as we close in around the the May Final Fantasy fourteen presentation. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, Square Enix Presents, its next one is in summer. Um, so maybe that's, it's there, though. That's technically right around the corner as well, just a few months away. And it's mm -hmm. definitely not a mistake, Ninja. Uh, it was done... I mean, it, it, that type of thing has to be done intentionally to take TBC out and put Coming Soon in. Uh, unless, I mean, unless you're trying to imply maybe they meant to do it to a different Final Fantasy title. Uh, what's really... Can I, this is going to make me sound dumb. But when I was initially reading this, uh, Tark, I, I read it on a different site than the one that I linked you, you to in the show notes because the one that uh -huh. I linked had more context that I wanted to, to run with on the show where the other one was just, this happened. Um, as I'm reading it, it says that we're going to get a release date for Final Fantasy 16. XVI. And my brain was like, that's a, that's a typo. That, uh, not, not the typo you gentlemen think. That, like, I'm thinking it should be XIV. No, 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 no. I was like, shouldn't this just be XV? We don't, we, we have 14, we don't have 15. Oh, my Lord, wow. That's how forgettable <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 right. was <laughs> to that me. That's cool. That's cool. That's so cool. And it it's legitimately not bad, was like... not me being a, a jackass. <laughs> it was just like, 15 was wow it was rather forgettable not to say i didn't enjoy it when i played it but i totally forgot we had final fantasy 15 when i read that anyway oh my goodness oh that's too funny uh i'm i'm still saying 2022 um and with forspoken probably going to be in the early spot well, um, well, Forspoken is the January spot right now. We know yeah. that for sure. Like, oh, of course, it could still be delayed, but Forspoken is in the January 2021 yep. slot officially. Yep. Um, I'm still thinking late spring, early summer 2022. So it's going to be awesome. We shall see. On the sad side of things. Yeah, I was very sad about this. We talked about this back in December on one of our very first shows where 
Netflix, not Netflix, Jesus. Netflix. <laughs> what am I doing? I need a nap. I need a nap. Uh, where Nexon and Square Enix had canceled the mobile adaptation slash reboot slash whatever you want to call it uh, remake of Final Fantasy XI, the mega MMORPG. Uh, and neither Nexon or Square nor Square Enix would comment on it at the time. Now, three months later, it is official. I'm sad. The Final Fantasy XI reboot has been officially canceled. They, uh, two, the two companies decided that the project wasn't meeting the quality standards expected by Final Fantasy fans. Fortunately, while it sounds like the game has been scrapped entirely, none of the staff have been let go, and the development team has been instead moved to other projects. Um... Blizzard, that's how you do that, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, but Blizzard, that's how you do it. Yeah, exactly, Ninja. I think we need a, a moment of silence. <sighs> this actually does make me sad. I am it, such it an 11 fanboy. I've played it for way more hours than I ever should have. I still occasionally go in there. Just watching this trailer for the Abyssia collection makes me want to boot it up, Tark. Uh, I was actually looking for... I was very dubious of it because it was mobile. It was Nexon. I'm not a huge fan of Square Enix's mobile forays to begin with. So I was a little leery of what was happening here, but screenshots we saw looked good. You know, I yeah. wanted to know more. Unfortunately, that's all we got were screenshots, and now we won't get anything. So I can't decide if this is a good thing. So the Final Fantasy, because now that I see what they're doing with Seven, Seven, like it or not, is getting a little tarnished for me right now. Um, and now I won't have to go through that with Eleven. But I would have liked to have played this. I think. But if it's fine, if they're saying Final Fantasy fans weren't happy with it, that means their internal testing was, and and maybe private sure. external testing wasn't going well to the point where they shut it down. And you know what? If that's honest, if that's one hundred percent honest, I'm totally okay with it being shut down. I am too. Uh, I'm on the other end of the spectrum from you. I never really got to play it. I think I did a level five white mage. But I was excited to get into this because I was from EverQuest, then went to WoW, and I tried to get into this, but WoW had its its hooks in me, and play online was such an atrocious system that I just like no, I'm yeah, just, it was. I'm just gonna skip this. Yeah. So was. I was hoping that this was gonna come through so I could get to experience this one Final Fantasy game that I've never really got to dive into why don't so you play I'm, it why don't you play it now you don't need to use play online now uh it's so old chronos <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the hell man you two you two old men you're both like nah i tried man 
I gave. I, I got past installation. Okay. Um, no, I, I would. I'm actually really interested in the story from this game, and I, I'm not, probably just gonna have to take a day and just read it because I don't think I'm ever gonna play it. Um, because I see a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, even watching that trailer, some of that stuff looked really cool. Um, I just when I was like. Well, it's even Back. worse for you because you play the TCG to the point where you see all these characters right. and you're like, that character looks badass. It made it worse, right? Like, I'm playing Shadow Lord. I'm like, this dude looks cool. Like, I wonder who this guy is. I'd have to, like, ask, like, John or... Shadow or Lord like was the big baddie uh, for... Yeah. So, before the first expansion, Rise of the Zillart, which in North America came with the packaging, so it was already out. Uh, but he is the final boss of your rank five mission quests. Uh, which are the primary storyline movers for the first two expansions, the the mission do you, quest. Do you think the decision had anything to do? Because I feel like there's still people are still playing eleven. Oh like, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. They did and it. it's been in it's been in pretty much maintenance mode for a couple of years now too. Like they still do events now and then. They have teased previously that they're working on a an announcement. We talked about it on this show that they're working on an announcement of something. But we don't know if that's, you know, a, a remake on PC. We don't know if that's just they're going to add some content a after all these years. Like, they still keep teasing things on Eleven. Uh, so it is by no means dead. It is by no means what it once was either. But, you know, it's not doing any worse than, like, EverQuest or EverQuest 2, and those games are still around. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to be able to enjoy the story, sadly. And I was maybe maybe like if this was like something I could do that with, I would have played it. Chains I, of I, I Promathia, like, such a good expansion. Yeah, I, I don't like uh, mobile either, though. Like to what you were saying earlier, like if I can avoid playing things on a touchscreen phone, I will. But I do. I am interested in the story, just not so much interested in installing that again. Still makes a ton of money. At one point, uh, Prismind, it was the most. Revenue successful Final Fantasy ever. Eclipsed now, I believe, by fourteen at this point. No. Uh, I have to yeah. check. I have to check the dollars. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure fourteen passed it like a year or so ago. Um, yeah, the most financially successful Final Fantasy title. Uh, speaking of maybe losing their luster, I mentioned Final Fantasy VII. Spoiler territory, by the way. If you haven't played the remake or, for God's sakes, played the original, mild spoiler incoming in three, two, one. Jesse dies. Okay. We're done. That's the only spoiler. <laughs> That's the only spoiler. Giving you that spoiler. I got to give you that spoiler because maybe not. Maybe she's not dead. She's not dead. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if you noticed this. Like when you first beat, I already kind of figured she wasn't dead. Cause uh, I mean, first off, we know Wedge is alive. We know Biggs lives mm -hmm. in the after credit scenes, and then on the side of Big, Biggs' bed is like her equipment. Yep. So either he's weird and he like took her equipment off her dead body, or like she's. I mean, there. he is weird. Yeah. So maybe. I mean, it could be, could be, <laughs> but I, I think they just want to do more with those three characters, and they obviously did a lot more with them in the remake, so it's not surprising that they want to have them in part two. Yeah, but here's the thing. It might have accidentally been spoiled by Yoshinori Katase, so that, yeah, yeah. that, <laughs> not good in your line of work. 
Uh, during an interview, he might have let it slip that Jesse, who appeared to die in a heart-wrenching scene in Final Fantasy VII Remake, who does die in the original, may actually still be alive. As reported by Inverse during the PlayStation stream over the weekend, this past weekend, uh, Katase-san was asked about the uh, prominent role Jesse played in the remake. At one point in the discussion, the stream's host said they assumed Jesse was still alive, to Kronos's point here. To which he started to nervously laugh. The host said, Jesse is alive, right? She must be alive. And Katase-san started nervously laughing at this. And then the host asked, what? Did the internet connection suddenly go bad or something? And then the veteran Square Enix games maker replied, sorry, I can't say anything about that. So maybe accidentally or inadvertently or geniusly on purposely <laughs> spilled the tark that uh, Jesse may have probably not did. I, I've never really... Yeah, she died, but I think with this whole time dilation and parallel universes, um, I think we're going to see her in the gold saucer and she's probably going to be, you know, this big leading lady that she wanted to be in, in our timeline. Um, things are going to be a, a lot different. It's the same, but different with part two. It's going to be very interesting to see how this moves forward. They did okay with the first one, but they're making me nervous about the second one. I just think the focus might be too split on a ton of different angles to make Final Fantasy VII moolah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's okay. You got two remakes to pick from, dude. So 50-50 <laughs> shot. One of them might be good. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I loved Theatrhythm. The rhythm-based game with the Final Fantasy and the Dragon Quest music. Uh, do you guys ever play either of them? I still play it. Curtain Call? I bust out Curtain Call all the time, man. Yeah, my DS is actually right next to me with it in there. Love it. Tarkoth, you a fan? Never played a single one of them. <gasps> not, not not a not a big uh, rhythm based gamer. So ah, uh, this would make you one. This music alone, the music would make you one. Like you may never play another rhythm game, but you would play this. You would play this. Like you'd play it, and you'd be like, yeah, I really like that. Oh, you should try DJ Max. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope. We might see a return. Might. This actually happened over a week ago, and I considered it putting it in last week's show because it had happened in Australia. Uh, I didn't. Then it happened in Canada, and I figured, okay, now we're going to put it in the show because that hits North America uh, audiences. Square Enix has trademarked the name Theatrhythm in Australia and Canada, suggesting that the Final Fantasy Dragon Quest music games are coming back. Now, here's a big question. I would absolutely buy it for the 3DS. I kind of want it to be for the Switch, though, Kronos. Honestly, I, I kind of hope it's on Steam, too. Like, I don't know. You would have uh, to play with the or whatever. But uh, I think Switch would be the logical thing, right? I think that would make more sense. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, think it goes on Steam because yeah, the, the no. touch screen is the gimmick. Yeah. For, I just for this I one. just wish like I, I'm I like to have everything in one place. I would like to have it on Steam, but I think your assessment is probably more accurate. It'll probably be on the Switch, which I will gladly take as well. Yeah. I oh, love absolutely. I love these games. 
Um, like, if, if anybody knows a lot about me, like, video game music is, like, a big deal for me. I mean, I listen to a ton of video. Like, when I'm playing video games, I'm listening to music from other video games a lot of times. Um, so being able to play the, like, the songs from the games that I really like in a rhythm game, like, yep. you, already, you already got me. Yep. So. 100%. We're, that's why we're besties. Um, are you, you're my bestie, Kronos, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe besties, all three of us, we could have a little cry because I don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) So Hironobu Sakaguchi of, uh, uh, Final Fantasy fame. Maybe you've heard of him. He could be working on his final project right now with Fantasian. Now, we talked about Fantasian, and we're a little split on the panel about this one because I kind of really like the diorama stuff, and and some others thought, yeah, okay, great, fine. Uh, I thought it was super clever and cute uh, and can't wait to see it. But... Speaking to a video game chronicle this week, veteran designer was addressing previous comments he had made about his longtime collaborator, Nobuo Umatsu. He's still my heart. Uh, whom he said had likely completed his final soundtrack with Fantasian due to unspecified health issues. And I don't think many of us uh, are surprised on that front. Unfortunate. I love, I mean, just look at all the damn Square Enix Blu-rays behind me, and they are, they're just the music Blu-rays. And they're not all 14, by the way. <laughs> I do have all those for the Minions, too, but they're not all for 14. Nobuo Matsu, one of my favorite composers, even outside of the Final Fantasy series. Anyway, um, he also said that I think it's certainly possible that this could be my last project. And that was kind of in the back of my mind as we were developing it. We're currently developing the final touches for part two of Fantasian and things are finally beginning to calm down, I would say. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't given much thought to the next steps for the company or where we want to go. And I think I could use a bit of a vacation time in between now and whatever it is we do next. So we'll see what happens. That remains to be seen. Now, this isn't the first time Sakaguchi-san has taken a break, right? I mean, he very notoriously uh, took a break after Spirits Within did not do very well (laughs) uh, and broke away for a little while. Of course, then he made Mistwalker Studio and did Blue Dragon and and has been on his own outside of Square Enix for a while. Um. But I kind of, as as interested as I am in Fantasian, I don't want Fantasian to be his last title. Do you? I want it to be a Final Fantasy. It's got to be a Final Fantasy. That would be an amazing send off if they brought him back for one last Final Fantasy. Um, it's like, hey, this is this is it. Make your magnum opus the the end of your career. Um, we support you. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, Numazo being done, we kind of saw this coming. Yeah. He's he's up there, but his music is 
shaped my childhood um, and my gaming legacy. So yeah, uh, that's gonna be sad when he he finally hangs it up. I'm just glad I got to see him live. Oh. Yes, yes. Uh, I've seen. I saw him play with the Black Mages once, and I've seen. I went to one orchestra con- concert. So yep. yeah, Umatsu is like probably my favorite composer ever. Yeah, he's um, amazing. So it's, it's, it's so sad, funny I, too. Like when you think about his just the the prelude. The famous prelude is such a throwaway piece for him. <laughs> He's like, I wrote that in like 15 minutes because they realized they didn't have music for a title screen. And they said, can you do something real quick? And he's like, so I just did some arpeggios. And now it's like an everything. <laughs> it's yep. an iconic yeah. riff. Yeah. It's, it's literally just, just some arpeggios up and down. Yeah. The only like kind of glimmer of hope, I guess, is like with when it comes to Uematsu, at least, um, like Soken exists. And yeah. Like, yeah. He's killing it, so that's like one cool thing at least to take away. Talk about a worthy like, successor, if there ever was yeah. one. I, it was, I mean, those shoes are hard to fill, man, and I think he's somehow doing it. So, like, well, uh, yeah. On the good news front, we are one week away from the Outriders release. One week away, uh, and if you haven't been watching their Twitter account, you and you're interested in the game, I mean, I guess that's a qualifier too. You, you probably should because they're doing ultimate loadout weeks and they've been doing the Flame Witch this week. Um, and this isn't like we, we see Twitter accounts, right? Do the hype train stuff, Tark, as it gets closer. To this. this isn't really hype. I mean, this is them teaching you how to play the Flame Witch build. Here's what yeah. you build. Here's your abilities. Here's the best rotation. Here's what you should be doing. Like they here's are to find to to maximize your your build. Yeah, they are absolute yeah. just guides from top to bottom. Now, right now, if you if are look if you're looking to play the Flame Witch build, hey, great. We're gonna get more of these. But right now, the Flame Witch is the one, and they keep giving information on it like every day, uh, all across the board. Like you have. You have their uh, abilities. You have their, uh, like I said, they mentioned the rotations. Then you, the skill tree and which things, which are essential in the pyromancer to make a flame witch. And I mean, they are absolutely just going to town. I love it. Watch more of it because the pyromancer is not my main, at least <laughs> in, at least not yet. So I'm just going to keep watching. But man, I am loving it. By the way, Launch times next week on Thursday. That is noon Eastern time, April 1st, 9 a.m. Tark, your time on April 1st is the launch. It will be a global launch, so there are release times all over the world. They have a post on Twitter showing yours if you are overseas. If you are in London, that is 1700 BST is the time for launch there. Uh, and then there's instructions for preload too. Preload. So check it all out. I am super excited, gentlemen. We are one week away. One week away. That's Kronos, awesome I think this is going to be... This could not have launched at a better time for Final Fantasy fourteen fans, right? Like, yeah. it, it is the doldrums of the expansion right now. Even when 5.5 comes, we've already said pre-show that it is, yeah, there's some things that we'll do, but there's not a lot you're going to continuously do. I mean, this game is coming out of the perfect time for 14 fans who are into uh, looter shooters of this variety. 
yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have time to play something else. Like I said, right now I'm I'm just looking for stuff to do in 14. I log in because I feel like I should be logging in. Just and out. I've been doing like solo Palace of the Dead and stuff, so not you know not content that a lot of people do. So I'm excited to actually dig in something new. And like this build ex- like looks pretty interesting to me too. Uh, I wish 14 would do videos like this. Right? Teach people how to play the game. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. That would be amazing. No, that's the mentor's job. Um, <laughs> good, That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's, how, here's, here's how you know it's really slow in Final Fantasy XIV, okay? I've been doing daily front lines. Yeah, you got, you got problems. Oh my god. On the flip side... Marvel's Avengers is releasing videos. Has started at least these like new adventure guides. Started with episode one that shows missions and stuff, and operations. And <sighs> we talked at the top of the show that the Hawkeye patch is generally not being viewed all that favorably. People are not happy that it's still punching the same damn robots. People are not happy that there is what is the beginnings of a very nice combat system that is not taken advantage of in any meaningful way. Um, While I get the point of releasing these videos, uh, and I think this one is where they decided to go first, it it really doesn't make sense to me to release a new new tutorial video series and then immediately jump into the map and what all the icons mean. Like, I, I, that's not where you start as a new player. Why would your new player... Gu- but then if you think for just a second, you're like, they kind of have to because they're getting busted up so hard for the game has no content. The game has no content. The game has no content. That by showing this type of video, Tark, you, you kind of say, no, look. Look at all of these icons and all the different things you can do. And you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. And yeah, there are people that may not know about certain things being available, like if you didn't do the quests that lead into your vault and and a bunch of stuff. But that doesn't negate the fact that between activity A and activity B, it's still 85% the same activity. It might have a different icon. But yeah, I don't know. The player base is falling again. Like it spiked. It never got got to what? 2K on Steam. 2K, yeah. 2K on Steam win the Hawkeye patch, uh, and it's just been slowly falling back down again. I know they said that the payment model is the model, but I don't even know if going free-to-play helps this game, Kronos. The, the problem isn't the payment. It isn't the box fee that anybody thinks is... Nobody is saying that game would be good if it were free-to-play because they have such an expansive cash shop in it. That game, I would play it if it were free-to-play. Nobody's saying that. People are just saying, don't play it. And if you do, you're going to be done pretty quickly because the gear loot cycle in a loot-based game is bad. Yeah, I just just don't see how they say that. I know we've said it like a hundred times, but I don't know. Like, they've already kind of painted themselves into a corner. And then, like, showing a map and trying to tell me that you have different content because you have different icons, like... That'd be like us taking an FFTCG card and I'll draw a mustache on it and try to convince you that it's a different card. <laughs> like, I mean, please draw a mustache on Eldnarsh and tweet it. Oh, I have to find. A, I have to get one of the cards back from Chris, and I can do that. <laughs> it is a legend, so he may not let you do it. 
use the ice. Use the ice, Eldnarsh, not the dark Elden. <laughs> um, this is a good thing, though. I mean, if we're going to criticize, this is a good thing. Although yes. it suffers the same, they have a roadmap, you know, mentality. Because uh, there's a roadmap with no dates on it besides, you know, spring and later this year. This one is coming this spring. The Temporal Assault event will allow your strike team to be composed of multiples of the same hero. I'll help a little bit. Yeah. Finally. But it's just for one event. Yeah. Right. Right. The Temporal Assault event. Yeah. That has got to just be opened up across the board. You are already hindering yourself with matchmaking by not being cross-platform. Um, by then also requiring that everybody be a different hero when the game is built on seven heroes' backs right now. It'd be different if you launched with 40 heroes, by the way. Yeah. We wouldn't be having this debate as far as my point of view. But you launched with, what, five? And now you have seven? Or f- launched with four and now you have seven? I don't, I don't remember. We had Black five. Widow, Hawkeye... Yeah, those are the only two yeah. that were released. So yeah, we launched with five and then went to seven. You, without crossplay, you need to be able to. Yeah, no, we don't. Nobody knows when Spider Man's coming. That's if not gets, if they even make it that far. That's not revealed to... yet either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be until after Black Panther, and that's that's a ways off. You really think Spider Man won't be here until after Black Panther expansion? I, I think. Yeah. I have to agree with them. We haven't seen anything, right? Like Black Panther at least has a trailer. That can't, that can't be. Do you know how? Well, I mean, I guess they really <laughs> it doesn't matter. But uh, do you know how awful the optics would look that a pre-release bonus or a, a pre-order bonus for a game did not come out for that platform until after the first expansion came out? Yeah, that would be bad. But I guess they, you, I guess they don't really care about optics at this point. They're taking three and four months to release a content update that takes two hours to beat. So optics, I guess, not not high on the price. How long does Square let this go on? I'm surprised Ooh. it's gone on this long. I'll be honest. I'm not because of the it, it's carrying the Marvel IP. I think if it would have been a brand new IP, it would have been made free to play already. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably. This should have just been, I've said it like a hundred times, it should have been a softball and they somehow just like yeah. whiffed. The the headlines you see everywhere are the worst thing about this game. The thing that's killing it is that it's a lot. It's trying to be a live service. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right, gentlemen, let's slide over and do love it or leave it. Kronos, um, I think we're we're locked in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we were going to talk about the game, it was really hard for me not to. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. locked in. So you already got two lovets on the board with Kronos and myself because the topic is the Theatrhythm series. Uh, we've already said our piece. So Tark, love it or leave it. Remember, for you uh, playing at home, love it or leave it is where we name... Some type of Square Enix item, a press release, a feature in a game, a game series, whatever, a piece of merchandise. And we ask all three panels, uh, all panelists, and you, do you love it 
want to see more of it or throw it aside, just leave it. Uh, let us know in the comments below on YouTube or on Ready Check Radio. Obviously, I love theatrism. Kronos, you do too. So Tarkoth, it's all on you, dog. Uh, well, considering I've never played one, uh, I'm going to have to leave it. But hey, maybe someone will get me something for my birthday here next week, and I'll be surprised, and I'll give it a go. But um, yeah. Are you a DS gamer? Like, in general? I, I, yeah, I have. Right over here. No, I, I, I know you have one, but uh, like, do you... Yeah. Do you use it, or are you? Uh, or yeah, I've been really? playing playing uh, Bravely Default. <sighs> I can't believe you just left it. Auditions for new new hosts are next Wednesday <laughs> on this stream. If you're looking to make a replacement, the last rhythm game I played was Box Two, Star Hero, Age of Rock, something, and that was like over a decade ago. It's that's whatever. <laughs> so if you want to be a host on the Relic Grind. <laughs> You know, it's funny. When did the first one come out? I feel like that's been about... That first one has to be almost a decade old, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. So I feel like the first one came out with that wave of, like, everybody was playing rhythm games at the time. Yeah, so... Let's see. That was 2012 in Japan. In July of okay. 2012 in North America. A little bit after. So little it's bit after. nine years, yeah. Nine years now. Well... Almost a couple months. They had some fourteen stuff in there. I think you would yep. like it if you tried it. Get curtain call. Yeah. Curtain. I mean, you're not gonna find the original unless you eBay it or something right now. Anyway, but curtain call you can still probably pick up for not not much more or less than MSRP was. Uh, but that's it, gentlemen. Good show. No stream after the show today. Uh, Miss Faye Death Comcast. Bad weather. Not good. Uh, some lightning put out some service in her area. So no stream tonight after the show. So a few minutes, we'll do a post show uh, and then we'll we'll sign off for the night and we'll be back tomorrow night with my stream at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until next week, though, Adam, where can everybody find you? Uh, yeah, same as always. Uh, Twitter down below. Uh, I think I'm going to go play some theatrism after this now. <laughs> Thank you for this uh, find me at Tarkov Gaming on Twitch and Twitter and on Saturday and Sunday nights here at Ready Check Radio. I'm still trying to finish Dragon Quest Eleven. Get that platinum. Yeah. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there, Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, so we can tweet at you and give you information on all three different podcasts we do on the channel here and all the streamers who volunteer. Thank you so much. Until next time, stay safe. See you on the servers.